Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway helps you know more, win more, and do more in the government market. To learn more, visit skywayacq.com. Today's topic is full and open competition, which is a fancy way of saying everybody can compete. All right, let's get started. To the rule of everything has to be competing, unless otherwise exempted. Yeah, I love that the government has to make up a term, full and open competition, to describe not making special treatment for some classes of, of bidders, right? That's, that's, a, that's a good point. The government has to define, you know, what does it, what does it mean when, hey, we're going to let anyone bid who wants to? It's, it's just different from how we do it in real life. It, it's called capitalism. And so, I mean, really, there, there are three options the government has, right? There's the sole source, there's the set aside, and then there's everything else. Yeah, so, so buy it from look, one person, buy it from a small class of potential offers or let anybody who wants to bid before we get rolling over a hundred thousand downloads overall for the contracting officer podcast. Now that's awesome. I remember we hit a thousand. We had a little party (laughs) when we hit a thousand, right? In the early episodes, we used to joke, hey, we hit 3,000, hey, we hit 5,000. We stopped doing that a while ago because, you know, most people don't care. A hundred thousand is stunning. That's awesome. we're talking about. Another cool thing, we actually got feedback from a new contracting officer who passed their warrant board, the the process of being designated a contracting officer. I think there's actually a podcast on that kind of thing. There is, in fact. What is a CO, right? Anyway, we got feedback from someone that actually said that they use the podcast to revisit and, and learn about new topics, and it actually helped them in passing their warrant board and becoming a contracting officer. That's awesome. So yeah, happy so- that we're able to help with that kind of thing. That's That's why we did this, right? So, so thank you to Andy Horvath up at uh, Wright Patterson. He put, he put out a tweet and tagged us in it. That, that's pretty cool. A resource that we did not have when we were trying to get our warrants, right? <laughs> what doing so, cool. Yeah, this, this rolls us out of bed to keep doing these. So what we're rambling about so far is FAR 6.1, a full and open competition. 6.101 is the policy. And it says that contracting officers, with certain limited exceptions, shall promote and provide for full and open competition – in soliciting offers and awarding government contracts. And, and that's a, those little words, promote and provide for. So it's one thing to say, okay, we'll let you compete. They're saying you have to promote it. And so it's both. And that, that, those little words make a big difference. You shall promote and provide for means that the idea of using market research and promoting the concept of competition and providing a, a, an avenue, that's with a lot of this, this is FAR Part 6. It's kind of the basic fundamental stuff. But this is one of those things that when somebody says, well, why do we have to do all this extra stuff from the FAR? And why do we have to do all this market research? This is why. Promote and provide for. It's right. like protect and defend. <laughs> 6101B says that you have to provide for full and open competition through the use of competitive procedures that are best suited to the circumstances of the contract action and consistent with the need to fulfill the government's requirements efficiently. So you have to do this. But then there's lots of reasons when you can't use full and open competition. So moving on to 6.102. 6.102 talks about competitive procedures. So you can solicit sealed bids. You can get full-up competitive proposals. You can do some combination of those, like a two-step sealed bid. And we have an 
episode about all about two step seal bids, right? But regardless of what competitive procedure, you have to also decide who's going to be allowed to compete. And that's where this term full and open comes in. So when are you thinking about this? Who's going to be allowed to compete for your acquisition? In acquisition time zones speak, this is the market research zone. This is where the government is looking out and deciding what types of companies can actually supply whatever their requirement is for. You may find that there's a lot of small businesses that can do it. You may find that no small businesses exist that can do it. But all of that moves you into the RFP zone where you're actually writing the RFP based on what you learned during the market research. And a set-aside RFP may read a little differently than a full and open RFP. So market research zone and RFP zone is where you are in the acquisition time zones. And one example of things that are going to be different in the RFP zone is a requirement for a subcontracting plan if it's a full and open because you don't have that when it's a small business set aside. So right. there, yeah, there are things that are different. And then in the execution time zones, the recompete zone is this is going to come up again because now you, you set it aside for small business or not, right? And then you executed the contract and a couple, it may be a year later or five years later or, or next time if you're recompeting it, you look back and go, wow, we shouldn't have set that aside or hey, we could have set that aside or you basically say, you know what? The, the market has not changed. This still needs to be full and open. But that's when you're having this conversation again. based yeah. on- Or the other way around. We set it aside and now sources don't exist anymore. They, yeah, they all got bought by large businesses, right. which actually happens. And, and so this is, this is a really uh, big factor for me because there, this is contract administration, right? When the company is performing, you're helping. If you, Let's say you're a large business. Part of what you're doing is keeping this a full and open competition so that you're not boxed out next time. And yeah. likewise, when you're a small business, you're doing the same thing. So, Or for that matter, if the small business grows, which a lot of them do when they yeah, win. Yeah, you get time, the award. Suddenly you're not a small business anymore. Right, so now you're making the case, hey, this was small business when I won it, but now it should be full and open, which there's logic behind that. So all of this communication is happening during the recompete yeah. zone. Yeah, and if you're not the company that became a large business as a result of winning the last one, you're trying to convince the government that only small businesses should be allowed to compete next time for it because the person that won last time is out of the running. <laughs> That's right. So why is this so important? FAR Part 2 has a definition for full and open competition, and it, what it, it means that all responsible sources are permitted to compete. And we've talked many times on the podcast about what's a responsible source. But FAR Part 2 is trying to tell you that if it's not a set-aside, if it's not set-aside for only small businesses, or if it's not a sole source where a justification has been written, then all responsible sources, you're opening it up to the world, right? Yeah, it's that simple. Is that This is usually for the perception, this is for larger acquisitions, but not necessarily. It might, might just be something that, that a small, it's not a fit for a small business, right? Uh, keep in mind that you may get more competition, right? Because it's, now it's open to everybody. But then again, there's still only that many, that many people that can do it. You may get different teams. You may get larger companies. Well, you will get larger companies. Um, but then again, you might not. So and Some things just there isn't a lot of competition for. There's only so many companies that can build a submarine or an aircraft carrier, right? So right. you don't set it aside for small business because there probably aren't small businesses that can build that kind of thing. But you do full and open and you still might only have one responsible source or two responsible sources. It's so opening up to the world means the world for whatever you're buying. There still might not be a lot of competition out there. Yeah. And if it's a specialized service that only large businesses can invest in what it takes to keep the certifications or keep the tools or keep, you know, right. whatever the, the logic behind it, 
yeah, it, it's, it surprises me how many times just because it's a small acquisition does not mean that by definition it should be a small business set aside. Likewise, just because if it's a, if it's a large acquisition, maybe we're seeing too often, honestly, lately, that, oh, it's a large acquisition, but small businesses can do it. Well, be careful. Scale doesn't <laughs> always apply, right? right? So this is the conversation that's happening. That's why this is important. And, and it's an acquisition strategy that, it, as you hear me talking here, it sets the tone for the whole process. Right. Is when you come out of the gate with, okay, this is a small, this is going to be a small business set aside, and it's a, a hundred million dollar service contract. How many small businesses can do that? Well, probably, you know, there there are always going to be some because a definition of a small business they could be right at the top edge of being small right. business. Right. So yeah, there there are going to be a few, right? But think about it, just because there are, just because there are two that could do it, this is a judgment call. Is you're setting the tone to say, okay, do I only want small businesses because what I'm going to force, and you, know, you and I have talked about this, you're going to force companies that they want that work, they're going to bid above their weight, okay, they potentially are going to bid above their weight class, you're going to get companies that go cobble together this random team to be able to actually do all this stuff, when in, in maybe the best solution was just make it fold open, and, and here's why. And then you get a large business that can already do it all without pulling in all kinds of partners that they've never worked with before and all that other stuff, right? And you're going to get that, that larger small business they still can bid. Right. It's not, it's not like they're boxed out because they're a small bit. No, it's just they have to compete against larger businesses, but you're, you're getting better competition. So I, you hear me talk about small business set-asides a lot, yeah. and, you know, I, and I have a preference for it for most things, but I've, I've, I've screwed it up before. <laughs> we, we made one. It's like, wow, that shouldn't have been small business set-aside. And so yeah, from, from the, uh, the experience of understanding what are you really going to get? Are you going to get three dudes who can propose or dudettes who are going to propose, or are you going to get the best companies available? And sometimes it's full and open. You've just given us, that is the segue into why, specifically, why does the government care about this? This is part, the, the biggest part of acquisition planning, right? How are we going to do this? And who can satisfy the requirement? Full and open has these, these connotations, whether it's fair or not. Right. You, you, what do you call it? You call it a, a large business set aside. It, yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't like, mean that a small business can't win but they may have trouble competing against larger businesses that, that can scale because economies of scale are a real thing, right? If, if you're building a, a million of something and you're selling it in the commercial world and suddenly a small business is trying to compete with that scale, it's, it's tough. And, and that being said, here's the fun part. I've actually awarded contracts that were done full and open to small businesses because – those economies of scale only apply in certain areas. So like, like I'll pick on, this is a service contract. It was full and open because we thought the people were, well, actually not thought, we knew the people were going to be really hard to find. But this company, had, they were a small business. I mean, they were probably 12 million. They were a decent size. But they had an innovative solution that made this model work. So they beat large businesses because large businesses had more overhead. Now, they beat them on price, let's be clear. I mean, that was, <laughs> they, it was fair going into, the, they were fair, I'm going to say that differently. It was equal going into you know through the technical and, and, and that kind of thing, and it was it was past performance was roughly even, but their price was lower, right? It's just it's this it's the the concept of small businesses being nimble and having less overhead. Well, mm-hmm. Yet it's wide here, so I tell you this because as a small business, if you're targeting well, you don't have to be afraid of full and open. Right. If if you're targeting well, <laughs> but if not, you're going to get creamed. So <laughs> right, right. That's funny. And so we had this idea of, you know, small businesses can't do everything, right? And so, or at least not do everything well is the, is <laughs> the concept. But one of the things to think about here is, you know, what does each player in the process, we did an episode about who are the players, you know, so there's a program manager, there's a user, there's a small business specialist, you know, all these different players, what do they want? 
and you know, for example, the user doesn't care. The user right. just wants what they want. They want something that works right. on time. And the small business specialists, they, they want a small business to do it. So you have these, you know, these, this concept of every decision is going to divide. So be ready to, to kind of understand where in the process each one of these players is going to be, is going to fall, which side do they want to fall on? And so the evaluation process is where this really kicks in. Uh, again, we're doing a, a webinar, go to skywaywebinar.com. And I did a, a free webinar I do about the proposal evaluation process. And you can see how these different players have a different opinion of the process. Well, whether or not it's full and open is another one of those examples where right. they have a different opinion of, of, hey, this was full and open last time, or, hey, I, I only think Lockheed can do this. Yep. It, 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 may, color, it may color their evaluation. Exactly. Don't pick on Lockheed. They might be the only people sure. that could do it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Sorry. <laughs> Large I business. Shouldn't call out, I shouldn't call out companies. <laughs> but since we're talking companies... That's a. This is not a good segue, but why should industry care? It's a stretched segue. Right. Industry should care because whether you are a large business or a small business, you need to understand how the government acquisition plan is progressing and try to impact it. It's very safe to say that large businesses want everything to be full and open competition so they can compete. Small businesses, on the other hand, would really prefer that everything is set aside for just them so they don't have to compete against large businesses. And, you know, this is something that only exists in the government. This is a government-only only thing, full and open versus set aside. Because in the private sector, it's either competed or, or it's not. <laughs> it's, it's just no, there's no, like, middle ground strategy here. Right. You don't – another difference in uh, private sector, in your own life, you can decide who you want to accept the bids from. In any combination, you could accept bids from everybody in the world or you could say, I'm only going to ask three people to quote me on how to build my deck, right? This this idea that you have to let everybody in, that's a government thing. Nobody in their right mind would let everybody bid on a deck because who has time to go through 100 different bids to build your deck? <laughs> it's, it's one of the reasons that we as, as private buyers don't do probably as much research as we should yeah because if you go to google and say hey who who should i buy a, a car from oh <laughs> don't do that yeah, yeah don't do that that you rat know, hole you, that. you'll never get out of that rabbit hole you know, apply that to you know I, I gotta i gotta fix um a couple of little things around the house or I need, to get, need to get a handyman well what are my evaluation criteria for that you know, so it, yeah if you it, live in northern my, virginia like i do your evaluation cr- criteria are will somebody actually show up when they make an appointment <laughs> right it's, believe oh. it or not it's difficult to get people to show up at all, even though they say, yeah, I'll be there at 930. Anyway. Customer service, man. That's, that's what it's all that's about. That's an aside. That's an aside. <laughs> I don't have to live in Northern Virginia. I do it by choice despite that. <laughs> despite the fact that the handyman show up late. Okay, good, good to know. Every service industry. All right, back, back to what we're talking about. Why should industry care about full and open competition? Because this, this is the huge part of your capture process. Like I was saying, you want to convince the government to either set it aside or not set it aside depending on what's best for your company. And if you're a large business and it is set aside for small businesses, you have to decide whether or not you want a team with a small business, let them be the prime, and you become the subcontractor in order to get some part of the work. And if you're not already thinking about that, if there's an acquisition that's kind of in a toss-up of which way it's going to go, if you're not already thinking about it, the teams may be complete and there may be no space for you. So you got to be thinking about this stuff on the industry side well before an RFP is released. 
Yeah, and, and you talked about that in one of the previous ones we did about the the, the capture process as a yeah. contracting officer. When they come in and talk to you, and part of what they're doing is trying to see, do you have any idea who would be a good teaming partner for me? So six months from now when this recompetes, and I, I never thought of that as a contracting officer. Yep. It's one of the reasons that people ask, well, who bid on this contract? And, and during the source selection or during the, the, the debriefing, you're like, oh, I can't tell you that. One of the reasons that they want to know is like, well, well, heck, I want to know who else wants this work so I can team with them next time, which never thought of that. So there, a lot of that stuff is going on in the background. All right, before we get any deeper, let's wrap this thing up because there's a lot to talk about with competition. Full and open competition means just that. Everyone can play. Actually, it's kind of weird that it has to be full and open because full competition and open competition kind of mean the same thing. But anyway, full and open and it's not, I'm not sure. It's a good point. Why they came up with right. why they even call it that? Well, anyway, that, well, it's not. Somebody research that and tell us. I'm curious. <laughs> it's not the opposite of a set aside, right? Yeah, it's it's again, it's the square and the rectangle concept. Is that just because it's a set aside, which would be the square, doesn't necessarily actually it literally does not mean that 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 company can't bid on full and open, which is the rectangle. So the square sits inside the rectangle just because the small businesses are the only ones that can bid on the things that are set aside for them does not mean they should not be targeting full and open stuff when they target. You hear me say that <laughs> square and rectangle, you and all your analogies. I was really good at geometry. <laughs> Lastly, I want to say this is a huge part of your capture process. I think I've said it three times already. This is how you shape an acquisition. Driving it to a set-aside or away from a set-aside is a big part of what companies are trying to do through this communication, open communication between government and industry that we always talk about how important that is. If that's happening during the market research phase, you can actually shape the acquisition for you or away from your competitors. Yeah, and, and I mean a lot of this is – it's not good or bad. It's just relative to the requirement. We started with this, and in fact, it even says that in, in whatever, I think it was FAR 6.1, where you, you actually were reading through the idea of what's appropriate for the acquisition. And so don't make presumptions that, oh, because this is a large acquisition, it's, it shouldn't be, uh, it should not be a small business set aside. Or going the other way of like, hmm, this is something that it's on a scale perspective. While I would like to set this aside for small business, it really shouldn't be. Um, we also had I had service contracts that I I should have set them aside for small business. Looking back, yeah. so it, go, it goes both ways. That's and the so, only way you'd actually know whether you chose the right strategy, right? Hindsight is is great for that. You look back and you say, "Wow, that should have never been set aside for small businesses," because it turns out none of them could do it. But you don't know that till later. Which is why the recompete zone is so useful. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you later. All right, see you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. We get our topics from listeners like you, so send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com and let me know what you'd like to hear about. You can also connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us.